This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Mass celebration. Dr. Fauci must be cringing. And another wild scramble outside an arena as shots ring out. Then he's changed his mind. I was ready to get the vaccine. Now even he is getting vaxxed. How to avoid becoming a breakthrough case if you're fully vaccinated. And opera singer to the rescue. How she's helping long-haul COVID patients. Exhale, one, two. Restoring their lungs so they can breathe again. Plus, cheerleader twins. Their shocking accusations against their former coach. Then, what happened to Zorro? Her five-month mission to track down her kidnapped dog. My sitter, unfortunately, has a pretty um, surprising criminal history. Was he just spotted 800 miles away at this dog park? And Jeff Bezos' blowback. I want to thank every Amazon employee and every Amazon customer because you guys paid for all this. It's funny because he doesn't pay taxes or his employees. Plus, Dolly Parton, Playboy Bunny. You're probably wondering why I'm dressed like this. Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. They are still smiling in Milwaukee, where the Bucks won their first NBA title in half a century. Tens of thousands of jubilant fans swarmed the streets in celebration. And while COVID is a real concern, and there was a moment when shots rang out, nothing could dampen the spirits of a grateful city. 65,000 fans celebrated the victory as the Milwaukee Bucks clinched the championship. A sea of humanity was packed in shoulder to shoulder, worrying some that the victory celebration could lead to a super spreader event of the Delta variant. Dr. Fauci must be cringing. But the joyous event turned chaotic. Gunshots rang out. Lots of noises here and lots of people here, but for now, uh, we'll send it back to you guys. This reporter ran for cover. You can hear shot after shot after shot. It's a mad scramble as fans run to safety. Can we get out of here? It's the second time in recent days that shots rang out at a sports event. Last Saturday night, fans fled Nationals Park in D.C. after gunplay erupted outside the stadium. It's over! Back in Milwaukee, the pandemonium didn't take away from the triumph of the Bucks' victory. 50 years in the making. The night belonged to Giannis Antetokounmpo, who scored 50 points against the Phoenix Suns. Affectionately known as the Greek Freak, he shared the big win holding his young son. 
Giannis was born in Greece to Nigerian parents. He still has a thick Greek accent. Today, Giannis celebrated by live streaming his day. He got lunch at Chick-fil-A and ordered, that's right, 50 nuggets for his 50-point triumph. Can I have a 50-piece? 50, exactly. Not 51, not 49, 50. Giannis said last night's victory was a reminder to let no one tell you what you can't be or what you cannot do. The alarming increase in COVID cases, along with the virulence of the Delta variant, which represents the overwhelming majority of cases, is prompting a change of heart among some diehard anti-vaxxers. Some, but not all, which Megan Alexander reports, has health officials still concerned that far too many Americans are still at risk. He was a vaccine skeptic. Now, Republican Congressman Steve Scalise has done a complete 180. You do see uh, about 95 to 98 percent of people in the hospital for COVID are people that aren't vaccinated. And, and I just, you know, I wanted, I was ready to get the vaccine. Daryl and Antoinette Wash of Houston also just got their first shots. It took a lot of time for me to, to sit back. And once you start to scuffle through everything that's online and on social media and start to get down to the facts of it, um, you see that the, the benefits of the vaccine outright the risk of COVID. But many are still holding out. Scott Rowe is in a Louisiana hospital recovering from a serious bout of COVID. But he insists he was right not to get vaccinated. Why not? Because there's too many issues with these vaccines. Most of the holdouts are Republicans, and prominent conservatives are speaking out to try to convince them vaccines are safe. I got the vaccine because one, could keep you from getting a variant. Number two, even if you get a variant, you're 95% less likely to be hospitalized. Here in New York, a shocking fact. 40% of the hospital staff remains unvaccinated, and they come in contact with COVID patients every day. Now, the mayor is taking a hard line. Get vaccinated or face mandatory weekly testing. Up to now, things have been entirely voluntary. Uh, They're no longer voluntary. You have two choices. The better one is to get vaccinated. In Los Angeles, many bars are doing what they can to convince the holdouts. They're requiring all patrons to show proof of vaccination. No vax, no booze. At the Olympics in Tokyo, yet another breakthrough case. Beach volleyball player Taylor Crabb has just tested positive and is out of the games. So how can you avoid becoming a breakthrough case? Vaccinated people should not let their guard down completely. I would still wear a mask if you're around people if you don't know if they're vaccinated or not. I think when you're outside, you're a little bit safer, but always to be aware of your surroundings. And today, the CDC released figures showing just how dramatically COVID has impacted life expectancy here in the U.S. The first year of the pandemic has lowered Americans' life expectancy by a year and a half. That is the biggest drop since World War II and the second biggest drop since the flu epidemic of 1918. For thousands of people who have survived COVID-19, the road back is not always a smooth one. And for this man who spent weeks in a medically induced coma, talking, even breathing can be a real challenge. Jim Murray says he's getting some help from an unusual source, an opera star. Hallelujah, hallelujah. This dad nearly died of COVID, and he credits his remarkable recovery to singing with this opera star. Jeff Sweat was at death's door just five months ago. In this heart-wrenching video, the father of three says goodbye via Zoom to his kids and wife. I just wanted uh, 
You guys to know how much I love you. Okay. Doctors are about to put Jeff on a ventilator okay. and a medically okay. induced coma. I'm crying because I miss you, not because I'm worried, all right? Mm -hmm. I love you so much, Dad. When he awoke from a three-week coma, he discovered that he'd had a tracheostomy and could barely swallow or breathe on his own. Learning how to breathe again is the hardest thing I've ever done. But he found help with this unique singing therapy. In the first program of its kind in the country, UCLA Medical Center has teamed up with LA Opera to teach COVID patients how to sing their way to recovery. Breathe in, exhale. We're gonna go up a half step, breathe in. Singer Nani Sinha developed these breathing and core strengthening exercises after she injured her back in an accident. She's enlisted other opera singers to help COVID survivors. Music brings such relief to people during this time of tremendous suffering. Something that's fun and playful, but incorporates these therapeutic techniques of breathing. UCLA pulmonary specialist, Dr. Nina Kadir. Pulmonary rehabilitation involves using education and exercise to help patients with respiratory illnesses. It turns out that opera singers do a lot of these same exercises, only they are doing them at the level of an elite athlete. So who better to coach our patients through this? Wow, what a gift. The program emphasizing diaphragmatic breathing was first developed by the English National Opera last winter. Another allegation of sexual abuse in sports, this time from twin cheerleaders who filed a lawsuit against their former coach, accusing him of abusing them seven years ago. These cheerleader twins are making disturbing claims about their former coach. They say he sexually abused them when they were minors. We were innocent kids. So Hannah and kid, Jessica Gerlacher are award-winning stars of the cheerleading world. Now 22, they were coached by Jason McCartney, who they claim repeatedly engaged in inappropriate sexual contact, taking their innocence away. And there were multiple times I was on his lap and... He would grab me. In their lawsuit, the twins say some coaching up, techniques used by McCartney were not necessary, but rather for his own sick pleasure. Did you ever talk to your fellow cheerleaders about it? Did you notice it happening to anyone else at the gym? I did not talk to anyone about it for years. We didn't tell each other about it for years or even talk between ourselves because it was just too hard to talk about. So we kept it to ourselves. I think he's been there a very long time, so people just don't assume it from him. And I think... He appears very charming. Charming is how friendly. I would say. The yeah, twins are also suing Cheer Athletics, which ran the Texas gyms where they trained. The organization was featured in the hit Netflix documentary, Cheer. In a now-deleted Instagram statement, Cheer Athletics said McCartney adamantly denies any wrongdoing in his dealings with the Gerlockers. The statement also said the Gerlockers never made Cheer Athletics aware of their allegations against Mr. McCartney. It's unfortunate because you can see the love that Hannah and Jessica have still for a sport where something really horrible and traumatic happened. It was really, really hard to be at a place where you're supposed to go and have fun and just be that uncomfortable and scared all the time in a gym. Inside Editions made repeated attempts to get comment both from the coach and from Cheer Athletics. They have not responded to our request. What are the chances that a dog that disappeared in Illinois might be found all the way in New Jersey?
This cute little dog named Zorro disappeared while in the care of a dog sitting service. And Zorro's owner suspects the sitter. But thanks to social media, the pup may have been found. Amber Cagliano reports. His name is Zorro, and he's been missing for five months. The apparent victim yeah. of a kidnapping plot. The cute as a button doodle mix and his owner, Nia Morgan, were inseparable. I've been working from home for the past year and a half, and he was with me every single day. Nia, who uh, lives in Chicago, says last March she dropped Zorro off with a dog sitter she found on the popular app Rover.com. But when Nia returned from a week-long vacation, the sitter told her that Zorro had bolted from her car. You can open your car door or front door, and he won't bolt. Even if there's another dog around, he always stuck close to me. Suspicious, Nia says she did some research and realized that the sitter had a long criminal record. The articles that I did found involved kidnapping, holding someone hostage, robbery, um, and theft. Nia also discovered that the dog sitter had posted a dog for sale ad on Craigslist well before Zora was in her care, suggesting there was a nefarious plan all along. Nia launched a social media campaign that quickly circulated across the USA. And that's where our story brings us to today, to this dog park in Paramus, New Jersey, 800 miles from where Zora went missing. An eagle-eyed woman who'd seen the missing poster says she spotted a couple with a dog that perfectly matches Zorro's description. We need to meet the dog and just figure out if this is in fact the dog, because if not, we can rule it out if it is case closed. Zorro has a chip that would immediately identify him. I'm hopeful that it's him. Down. So if you know of a couple in New Jersey who are the new owners of a cute dog that looks like Zorro, please reach out so that if it is the missing pooch, he can be reunited with its rightful owner. By the way, the detective wants you to know that you are absolutely not in any trouble. We'll be right back. Next. Donald Trump's life after the White House. The transition between the leader of the free world to becoming essentially the king of Palm Beach. Plus, Dolly Parton, Playboy Bunny. You probably wonder why I'm dressed like this. Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Exactly six months ago, Donald Trump left the White House. Now several new books about the former president are being released, including one which indicates Mr. Trump considers himself the king of Palm Beach, where he now resides at his private club. Megan Alexander spoke with the author about his insights. Donald Trump is settling into his new post-presidential life. I caught him in the transition between um, what I say, what I describe in the book as uh, the leader of the free world 
to becoming essentially the king of Palm Beach. The Wall Street Journal's Michael Bender says before heading up to Bedminster, New Jersey for the summer, Trump and the former first lady dined each night in front of guests at Mar-a-Lago. Trump would come in after everyone had seated and, and he would come to his special table behind velvet ropes um, and he'd be greeted by thunderous applause by all of his club members. Bender's eye-opening new book is called Frankly, We Did Win This Election, about the final days of the Trump presidency. The title of your book, where did it come from? Trump blurted out during his speech that he, in fact, had won the election. We were getting ready to win this election. Frankly, we did win this election. The idea, according to the book, was Rudy Giuliani's. Rudy Giuliani, at one point, the former mayor of New York, told his team and told the president to just go out in public and say that he had won and declare that he was the the victor, even though there was no evidence um, that that was even close to happening. Bender says Trump's inner circle became concerned about his mental health. What shocked me in reporting this book is that the people around Trump were not concerned about the chaos. What they were concerned about was that he'd become dangerous to the country, that he'd become violent and unhinged in his desperation to hold on to office. Trump has denied the allegations in the book. If you'd like to read an excerpt from Frankly, We Did Win This Election, just come to our website, InsideEdition.com. And still to come, Dolly Parton's surprising gift to her husband. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. There's been a lot of talk about the billionaires racing to space with Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin flight yesterday, just days after Richard Branson's trip. And for Amazon's Bezos, the spotlight may be a little uncomfortable right now thanks to something he said in those joyful moments after the trip. Jeff Bezos is being called tone deaf for his remarks following his historic space flight. I want to thank every Amazon employee and every Amazon customer because you guys paid for all this. The 10-minute flight cost $5.5 billion, so critics were quick to call him out. Yes, Amazon workers did pay for this with lower wages, union busting, a frenzied and inhumane workplace, Congresswoman AOC tweeted. It's funny because he doesn't pay taxes or his employees. Bezos is the richest man in the world. According to a recent ProPublica report, he paid $0 in personal income taxes in 2007 and 2011. But between 2006 and 2018, he did pay $1.4 billion in taxes. He also employs 1.3 million people and revolutionized the way we shop. Gail King came to his defense today. There's been a lot of talk about all the money that was spent, how how he spends his money. I love people trying to tell him how to spend his own money. Gail King came to his defense today. Online. Begin the countdown. Both bald and rich beyond imagination, and they both have rockets. Clearly, Jeff Bezos has been watching Austin Powers. There's even speculation that Bezos wore that space cowboy hat to avoid the comparison, but that just led to more jokes. I guess space turns you into Kenny Chesney. I don't know. 
Still, no matter how you see it politically, that was quite an achievement. And after he touched down, Bezos announced that he was donating $200 million to charity. Now, one thing that people probably can't agree on, Dolly Parton is an American treasure, and her husband is one lucky guy. <laughs> Dolly Parton, Playboy Bunny? You're probably wondering why I'm dressed like this. Well, it's for my husband's birthday. The 75-year-old legend recreated her iconic Playboy cover as a gift to her husband, Carl, on his birthday. He still thinks I'm a hot chick after 57 years, and I'm not going to try to talk him out of that. Dolly appeared on the cover of Playboy back in 1978. She vowed to do another cover when she turned 75. But now that she's 75, there's no more Playboy magazine. But she put on a vintage bunny outfit anyway. I did a little photo shoot in this little outfit. And um, I had a cover made of the new Dolly, or the old new Dolly. Proving she still got it. I was kind of a little butterball in that one. Well, I'm string cheese now. <laughs> oh, we love Dolly. When we come back, a little guy who can really flex his muscles. Finally today, big cheers for the kid. What could be getting the crowd so riled up? A toddler. This little guy named Liam had patrons at a New York restaurant in stitches as he led the crowd in cheers every time he raised his arm. And that is Inside Edition. See you tomorrow. If you like Inside Edition, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey.